Good morning. It is good to have you here this morning. And uh, I usually uh, do not drink any caffeine on Sunday mornings because uh, I don't need it. But I might have to do that in between services today. Anyway, so. Talking about today the loyalty of God, how God is a loyal God. One man was looking to sell his dog, and another man was going to buy it. And he responded to an ad that, that he put out. So as they were talking about the dog, the buyer, the prospective buyer said, you know, tell me a little bit about the dog. And the owner told him everything he needed to know about the dog. And he said, are you certain this dog you're selling me is loyal? Is he a loyal dog? The owner said, well, yes. In fact, he is. And I, in fact, I know he is because I've sold him five times. And every time he comes back, <laughs> don't try that at home. You know, God's loyalty is not often an attribute uh, we think much of. Uh, most often we talk about this idea, when we talk about the idea of God's faithfulness, and he certainly is faithful. But today I want to show you a little bit about what I think the Bible is talking about when it comes to this idea of God being a loyal God, God's loyalty. And we have a, a short passage today, although we'll be going different places. Deuteronomy chapter 4, starting in verse 29. But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him, if you search after him with all your heart, with all your soul. When you are in tribulation and all these things come upon you in the latter days, you will return to the Lord your God and obey his voice. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore to them. Father in heaven, we thank you uh, for uh, giving us this day. As we look at this passage today, we're going to look at what it means, Lord, when we talk about how you are a loyal God. Father, we thank you for being that type of faithful God in our lives. We pray that you would show us today what you would want us to see, or that my words uh, reflect your heart, your intended meaning, that meaning that you Fill me with the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as Terry mentioned earlier, Moses is giving a charge uh, to the people of Israel as finally they are poised to enter the promised land. And what should have taken an 11-day journey, 11 days from Ramses to the promised land, had taken them 40 years. Can you imagine? 40 years. And it took them that long because of their disobedience. Well, after a generation had died out, they were now getting ready to move in. And, and Moses is telling them to obey God's word and they will be blessed. But he says, there will come a time, he predicts this, where you will fall to idolatry, which that had happened before. But he lets them know that there will be times when they are unfaithful to God. But even in their unfaithfulness, 
even in their disloyalty, God would remain faithful and God would remain loyal. And that's what we're looking at today. I want to show you three ways that God is a loyal God. Three ways God is a loyal God. Number one, God can be found. Amen? What a great truth that is. God can be found. If you're searching for him, you'll find him. Look at verse 29. He says, but from there you will seek the Lord and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. One of the promises God always gave the Israelites was that despite them sinning, despite them them falling back into idolatry, if they would repent from their sin and turn back to him, he would forgive them. And he mentions this all throughout Scripture. And Moses says here, says that when you're ready, when you're ready to repent, just seek the Lord and you will find him. And he mentions that, that you will find him only, however, if you look for him with all your heart and with all your soul, because that's what true repentance is. True repentance is just not saying, you know, I messed up. I'm sorry, but I'm going to keep doing me. No. True repentance is owning to that sin, and then with your whole heart and your whole soul, turning it back over to Jesus. That's what he means by he says this. That is true faith. The Bible talks about uh, seeking and finding God. Look at Proverbs eight seventeen. God says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently, well, they find me. Those who are truly seeking God will find him. When you wander off the path, if you truly seek him, you'll find him. It doesn't matter how much you've sinned. It doesn't matter how much you've fallen off. God's word says if you love him and you seek him, you will find him. Isaiah 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. When we finally find God again, we return to him. We forsake our own way of doing things. And what is God's response when we finally come back to him? What does he say? He doesn't say, well, look what the cat drug in. No. Does he hold it over our head? No. I told you so. I knew this would happen. He gives us compassion. He's like the father from the prodigal son. He wraps his arms around us and says, welcome back. Let's, let's eat the fatted calf. Here's my ring. He gives us compassion. He gives us forgiveness. He accepts us when we turn back to him with our whole heart. Matthew 6, Jesus tells us, 
but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Yesterday we were talking with one of my children about a tough time they were going through. My wife quoted this. And I said, man, it's coming out in my sermon tomorrow, right? I said, listen, you just fo focus on Jesus. Oh, it's other things you won't fall in line. Just focus on Jesus. And when we, when we seek God, what we're really seeking is his kingdom. It means that we're tired of living for ourselves. We're tired for living for our own kingdom. We're tired for living for our own comfort. We've had enough. We have had enough of ourselves because that well has run dry. And so we start looking for Jesus and we're looking for his kingdom. And when we seek for God, we are admitting that he is all, not only what we truly need, but all we truly want. Because God is a loyal God. He is loyal to his covenant. And so when we seek him, we will find him. You know, we lose things in our house all the time. <laughs> in fact, we, we, we lose, we have these couches, and you know, and things go in the couch cushions. And, you know, if I can't find something, I know it's probably in the couch cushion somewhere. So in order to, the, my favorite couch, I have to sit in the couch, you know, and I'm, I'll be 44 in a couple weeks and, you know, I don't like getting down on my knees looking for things underneath the couch. You know, I, you know, I used to be no problem, but once I get down there, I don't know if I can get back up. So I get real exasperated when I can't find a television remote or a, a little, you know, video game controller for, for John David or whatever, you know. And, and I know that if I reach down in here, I can maybe find it. If I reach down in here in between the cushions, I can find it. If it's not there, I know I'm going to have to get up, recline, because this is a recline, reclining uh, couch, recline the chairs back, pick it up, look around. And so I have to really, really want to look for something if I can't find it in the first few minutes. Well, after about three or four days not being able to find a TV remote, and I had a little app on my phone that just got annoying, right? Because I had to use my phone every time I turned the channel. I said, okay, I got to find this thing. So I got down, and I looked, picked the couch up, moved it around. And the back of the couch has these little Velcro things where if you open it up, all of a sudden things that you've lost come falling out. I found passies. I found all kind of stuff. I'm looking for this remote control and I open it up, and there's the controller that we lost that I had to buy a new one a few weeks ago. I hadn't seen in months because it's been falling out. There's other things, you know, and then, and then still couldn't find it. Still couldn't find it. And so I got upset and I plopped myself down on the, on the couch. And right when I did it, this, this thing came up on the screen that said, Do you want to exit this program? <laughs> and I thought to myself, who hit, where's the remote? Because that's what the remote would say if I hit a certain button. I'm thinking, what in the world? And I'm like, how did that happen? So, uh, you know, what had happened was somehow the remote got underneath the couch, and the couch was sitting on top of the remote. When my 180 pounds plopped down on it, I'm being generous when I say 180. <laughs> it, it, it changed the channel. It, it, it didn't tell me. That's where it is, right? So there, sure enough, I got up there. Was, somehow it had gotten underneath right where the couch pressed on. I don't know how in the world that would happen. That couch would have to get up in the air and get on it. Maybe my giant dog. I don't know how it worked. But when I really wanted to find it, I looked. And when I couldn't look, God gave me a sign. <laughs> I couldn't find it because 
when we really, really look for something, we, especially if we know what's in the house, we will find it when we really look. Right? When you truly seek God, you will find him. You will find him. Why? Because he's a loyal God. Secondly, not only can God be found, but God can be obeyed. And it's not as difficult, it's not as hard as it may seem to us. Look at verse 30. When you are in tribulation, and all these things come upon you in the latter days, he says, you will return to the Lord your God, and when you do that, you will obey his voice. That's part of what returning means. Moses says, when your sin brings you troubles, and it will, just return to the Lord and obey his voice. That's what returning is. It is obedience. John 14, 15, Jesus says this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. On a basic level, obedience to God is doing what he says. Why? Why do we do that? So we can escape his wrath? No. Jesus took his wrath on the cross. Why do we obey him? So we can earn his forgiveness, so we can earn his salvation, so we can earn his love? No, Jesus earned his forgiveness for us. Jesus earned his salvation for us. Jesus earned his love for us when he took our place on the cross. We keep God's commandments because we love him. Why do and should we love him? Because he first loved us. And he died for us. So that we might be forgiven of our sins and live with him in eternity. God can be obeyed. It's possible even though we're not perfect. He can be obeyed. Look at Acts 5.29. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. One of the ways we'll be tempted to disobey God is to listen to, quote-unquote, men. Listen to other people who have values and views and opinions and truths that they want to talk about that are contrary to what God's Word says. And one of the difficult ways that happens is sometimes these men are people we like. They might be people we respect. They might be nice people. But if they're wrong, they're wrong. Amen? Amen. If they say something contrary to God's word, it doesn't matter how likable they are. It doesn't matter how much uh, nice they are. It doesn't matter how much we respect them. They're wrong. So, he's saying... In Acts chapter 5, Peter and the apostles, they were told by the governing authorities to quit spreading the gospel in the region. Right? And they were asked nicely. For the most part, they were. 
And Peter said, God has told us to do this. We listen to him, not you. And they let him leave. So we obey God's word. Look at John 5, 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. That's what God's word tells us. He says, following Jesus is not a burden. They're freeing. They're, they're liberating. Now, little John David's getting better with his disobedience, but he's still a little rascal. When he disobeys, there's a consequence. And now kind of what we do is we put him in his room and he has time out, which he hates. He'd much rather be spanked or whatever. He hates being put alone. But if he were to obey perfectly all the time, he would never be put in time out. He says he's in jail when he goes in there. He'll say, you'll, you'll put him in there and he'll say, no, not again. I'm never getting out. It's really dramatic. I'm never getting out. I'm in jail. But if he were to obey, he would never go to jail. Right? He would have the freedom that he so desires when he's in time out. His freedom would not be squelched. Obedience brings freedom. Amen? Gives you freedom to do what you want to do. And so returning means obedience. God can be obeyed, and his commandments are not burdensome. They're freeing. And finally, number three, God can be trusted. God can be trusted. In verse 31. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore to them. See, God can be trusted. That's what makes him loyal. And this verse further gives us several attributes of who God is. And we have, we're going to run through these real fast. Several attributes of who God is, that he can be trusted. First, he is merciful, which means he's not going to judge. He's already judged on the cross, and he will judge if you don't have Jesus. He, he won't judge us for what we deserve. See, mercy is withholding judgment. He's merciful so we can trust him. Look at Ephesians 2. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we are dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved. See, God is rich in mercy. This means that his mercy never ends. It means he is wealthy in mercy. His mercy underscores just how deep his love is for us. And even when we are spiritually dead, he saved us. And so his mercy underscores that he can be trusted. So he, he's merciful. He can be trusted. Secondly, he's faithful, which means he won't leave. 
He won't leave. 1 Samuel 12, 22. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. See, the main reason God won't leave you is not because of you. Did you know that? Yes, he loves us with a love we can't comprehend. Yes, we are special in his sight. But the linchpin, what holds his faithfulness all together, is that he won't leave us because doing so would shatter his own reputation. At one point in their journeys, Moses said to God, Don't destroy your people. If you do, the nations will think you're not as glorious a God as you've displayed. And so God relented because of his glory. Now, this can be hard for us to fathom because when people do things for their own glory, it's sin. But for God to act in such a way that brings more glory to him is not sinful because God can't sin. So his faithfulness, which leads us to the fact that he can be trusted is so because of his namesake. When you are prone to despair that God might leave you, remember he saved you for the good of his name. He saved you so the whole world would know how good he is. Third, he's forgiving. He won't destroy. Psalm 103, 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far... Does he remove our transgressions from us? God can be trusted because he won't destroy us. He's taken our sin. He's removed it as far as possible, as far as the horizon is, and it seems unending when we look at it. That's how far God has removed our sin. His forgiveness is so final we can trust him. And finally, fourth, he is mindful he won't forget. Isaiah 54.10, for the mountains may depart and the hill be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you. My covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Over time, mountains might crumble. You might have an avalanche or something. Hills will erode, but God's love for you will never crumble. His love for you will never erode. He will never forget you. He can be trusted. Think about someone you can trust. What kind of attributes do they have? They usually have your best interest. They usually speak truth into your life. They usually don't let you down. They say what they're going to do and they do it. They usually can be relied upon. In short, they're merciful. In short, someone you can trust is faithful. In short, they're forgiving. They don't forget you. A person who can be trusted embodies these attributes of God. Sure, they're not perfect, but there's enough of God in them to where you can trust them. And that's what makes a faithful, trusting person that loyalty to being a God-fearing person. God is a loyal God. 1850 in Edinburgh, Scotland, a man named John Gray came to the city to be a gardener. That's why he moved, to be a gardener. 
He couldn't find work, so he joined the police force, as what they used to call a night watchman. And to keep him company through the long nights, he would take his small little Sky Terrier named Bobby with him on his rounds. And they became a part of the whole city and community of the night year after years. Well, John later contracted tuberculosis and died in the winter of 1858. He was buried in this place called Greyfriars Kirkyard. And what happened next became legend in the city. Bobby the Sky Terrier would not leave his master's grave. Except for accepting midday meals from the people in the town, Bobby stayed there day and night the grave of his master, would never leave. The caretaker tried on many occasions to evict the dog, but to no avail. Finally, he made the dog a little shelter by the grave where the dog would live. Well, one day the city passed an ordinance that all unlicensed dogs would be put down. So the Lord Provost of Edinburgh, William Chambers, he purchased a license for Bobby and had a collar engraved and put on him for the little dog. And until his death, 14 years later, the citizens cared for Bobby while he guarded the body of his master. If you walk to Greyfriars Kirkyard today, you'll see a statue that stands across the street and it's a sculpture of little Bobby with these words inscribed. Greyfriars Bobby died 14th January 1872, aged 16 years. Let his loyalty and devotion be a lesson to us all. God is a loyal God. He has that type of loyalty. Only in his kingdom, we are the dog. That's what we're called to be. I didn't try to call you a dog, but you know what I mean. When other things come calling, are we quick to get up and leave? Think about all the things that this, this little dog, all the temptations this dog had that he could have left for. My dog will leave for anything. <laughs> other dogs, food, cats. Nope, dog never left. Never left that area. What should be our response? There's a poem that says this, What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would give him a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yeah, what can I give him? I'll give him my heart. For a loyal God, that's all he asks for us. That's all he wants for us. That's all he desires that we give him our heart. Father in heaven, we thank you for today as we close our time together. We thank you that what we call your loyalty, your faithfulness is such that you'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. Because you know that our heart given to you is the best thing for us in our life. So, Father, if there's one in here today that's never given their heart to you, that they would do so today. You would save them. They would receive your forgiveness of sins. They would be born again. Maybe, Lord, they would join our baptism on April 2nd. And they'd be baptized in obedience like you tell us to be. Father, for those of us in here, maybe some of us have been disloyal as of late. 
Things have crept in our lives. We have not given you our heart. And we know that things could be better in our lives if we did. So, Father, I pray that those that need to do that would make that commitment today and you would bless them for doing so. Lord, we love you. We thank you for being a loyal God, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.